Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. Welcome to Funk Radio. Yay! Yay! Insert children cheering gif. Can a gif be a sound? Because, like, you know, like when you listen to YouTube videos and you'll hear, like, the same sound clips over and over, like a lot of them put in that, like, sound clip of kids cheering and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's almost, it's like an audio gif, whatever that means. Audio meme, I guess. Um, I have a question for you, Peter. Have you ever been to the circus? I've never actually been to a circus. I have, because my life's a circus. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, neither have I, actually. I think, I feel like circuses are kind of one of those things that was a little bit before our time. Mm-hmm. Like probably by the 80s they were mostly you know gone um but yeah circuses was were obviously like a big part of american culture i feel like circuses got replaced in our generation with like sea world which is just like water circus <laughs> uh yeah but yeah circuses obviously everyone knows the circus clowns all that horrifying shit um <laughs> This episode is going to be a horror episode, kids. Um, And one of the things I think everyone associates with the circus is circus music. Um, And I stumbled upon a really interesting fact a while back uh, online that the quintessential circus song that everyone knows as, like, the circus song. um, Yes, that. Um, is not actually what you think it is. Um, I think it would probably be good here to as a primer to kind of play the song in, in question before we kind of get into its actual origin. Uh, okay. It's just for people to know what song we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, let's, little, let's play a little clip of the circus music. might be the most orchestral rendition of that song that i've ever heard yeah yeah so so yeah that song while we kind of know it as you know circus music um is actually a song called entry of the gladiators and it's actually a military march that was composed back in 1897 by a czech composer named julius fusik i hope that's how you pronounce that i i it's F-U-C-I-K. I totally didn't see the... I was going to say, it's, it's that that was touch and go there for a second. It's, it's Julius Fuck. <laughs> Julius Fuck. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to figure oh, out how man. to insert beeps in audition. Um, it's fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this was a military march. Um called entry entry of the gladiators he originally called it grand march chromatique which reflects the fact that it used chromatic scales throughout the piece but he changed it based on his interest in the roman empire so 
the whole oh, reason okay. I even did this episode was because I thought it was hilarious that circus music, or what we all now know as circus music, was originally written and meant to be a, a battle hymn for soldiers to march to war to. And I just imagine, like, <laughs> old-timey soldiers, like, going to the, onto the battlefield and getting shot to this music. <laughs> it's, it, it really is like going to the circus. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's really funny because you you had uh, mentioned this to me I don't know, within the last week, maybe, um, and I I certainly had never known that. I think that's pretty interesting. And you're right, like the the juxtaposition between how we uh, know it and what it was originally meant for. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's just funny. I imagine this guy just very quickly spinning in his grave to this music, um, because his you know, what was supposed to be an epic song that he wrote is used for like clowns, <laughs> literal clowns. Um, it's because uh, you said this was composed in 1897, um, mm-hmm. which kind of struck me as I have literally no idea about like the history of circuses, but I'm pretty sure that's like they existed a while before that by a long shot. So yeah, yeah, circus is. It, it is interesting that 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 song came quite a bit later in the timeline, in the, in the lore of circuses, I guess. Yeah, yeah, maybe this kind of ties together a little bit more than I anticipated. Um, mm-hmm. In ancient Rome, uh, the the word circus actually is Latin for a roofless arena for the exhibition of horts and chariot races. So oh, like Circus Maximus and all that. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's where the the etymology, I guess, of that came from. Um, it's and... also the etymology of circle. Oh, well, there you because go. They oh, like because they were like oval because the arena. Oh, see, there you go. Your Latin is paying off. Finally, um, after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I guess... I didn't make that connection, though. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess there is some connection between Roman history and the concept of the circus. Uh, the origin mm-hmm. of the modern circus, however, is attributed to a guy named Philip Astley, who was born in 1742 in England. Uh, he became a cavalry officer, and he actually set up the first modern amphitheater to display horse racing tricks in London mm-hmm. in April of 1768. So it was uh, it was more animal trick-based, which I guess the circus kind of is, but I think you know he didn't think like, hey, let's bring in some elephants and shit uh, at the time. It was mostly huh. equestrian-based. But yeah, the circus, uh, the modern circus as we know it, has been around for 300 years. Um, well, and it, so I guess it sounds like, because like if you think of a circus in the Roman sense, it would be like where they uh, did like the, the Ben-Hur races. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it sounds like this was, you know, obviously a lot later, but, you know, it was some a- kind of... It was an indoor, yeah, it was an indoor version of that with like a tent with a top um, Hmm. and horses would perform tricks and whatnot, but it was more self-contained. It wasn't like, you know, the Colosseum or whatever. Yeah. Uh, But no, that is, that is kind of interesting. Um, So the way that this song ended up getting tied into circuses themselves is in 1901, an American publisher named Carl Fisher uh, published a version of this march that he arranged to be played by American wind bands. Um, and 
Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it was arranged to be complete to be played by wind bands by Canadian composer Louis Philippe Lorendreau. I'm probably butchering that as well. Um, and he ended up retitling the song uh, "Thunder and Blazes," and hmm. uh, it was it was during this period that circuses be, uh, started becoming really big in America and Canada, um, and it ended up gaining popularity as what was called a screamer march, which is a specific genre of march that is more lively than a nor- than normal march music and often at a much faster tempo, something like mm-hmm. 130 to 150 beats per minute, which is pretty fast. And it's meant to kind of get the crowd excited for the spectacle, um, kind of like hype music, essentially. It's the first hype mm-hmm. music. Um, and so... Yeah, so it started being used by circuses like Barnum and Bailey and Ringling Brothers um, as the kind of entrance music for the performers to come into the tent and you know hype people up. And the and so now today it's mainly associated with that because of the lasting cultural relevance of Barnum and Bailey and the Ringling Brothers. Um, and it being 1901, I mean that was only what. F- Four years after it was originally composed, yeah, yeah, by Julius F- Fusik, yeah. So within, that's actually interesting. Yeah, within yeah. a matter of less than half a decade, it was co-opted to be used by clowns. I'm sure he loved that. <laughs> um, and so the fact that it became so associated with circuses, in fact, um, military bands like U.S. bands and probably European ones as well, ended up dropping it from their list of marching songs <laughs> and they abandoned it to be used by these entertainment companies entirely. Oh, um, man, that's funny. And so the the faster tempo version of this song ended up later on in history being kind of re, no, renamed or uh, known as Under the Big Top. Um mm funny thing is because in 1897 there wasn't the sort of modern day sense of copyright so Hmm. this saw basically the way musicians made money back then was by printing and copying sheet music of their music and selling it that way but they didn't actually own the original rights to the song so once the music was out there it was out there and so because of that the original composer julius fusik uh, and really, uh, Lorendrow, who kind of recomposed it, could have made a lot of money every time this song was played, but mm. because it was meant as like uh, composition music for like military, it was kind of considered like a public domain type thing. So uh, yeah, um, or a public good, I guess. Uh, so it basically, yeah, they never made a made probably any, much of any money off of it it just kind of immediately fell into like the cultural musical lexicon um despite the it fact... seems like a lot of stuff you know up to say i don't know maybe the 1920s or so or even a little bit beyond that that most songs seems to be like uh what do they call that when basically like public domain <sighs> yeah that or traditional songs i don't remember what the exact term is but basically like <laughs> the fact that no no, it's not like oh, this particular performer is known for this one song that they wrote or whatever. It was like everybody's kind of doing their uh, own versions on the same song. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. This seemed to be more common in the early 20th century. Yeah, it seemed like there was like a lot less individual music written and a lot more like recompositions of like 
a him or of a handful of pieces. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just because of the limitations of the technology of the time. I don't know. Um, as far as like sharing musical ideas and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, the funny thing is this song is actually now one of the most played songs in probably hu- human history. Um, hmm. And it's its original composer really is, mo- is probably unknown to most people and, you know, basically didn't make any anything off of it. Um, so in the outset of the episode, we played um, Entry of the Gladiators, the original version composed by Julius Fusik. Um, I found a version titled Thunder and Blazes that was uh, based on the composition from Lauren Drow that is at a faster pace. I wanted to play a little clip of that for the uh, listeners so they can kind of see the differences and how it kind of evolved. On the uh, topic of the the tempo, you know, you, you talked about you know making it a little bit faster, mm-hmm. help type things up. But it, that it didn't occur to me until you said that. Then I was like, oh, obviously marches are composed at a at a tempo that is reasonable for a military uh, group to march at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a physical pace of marching. Yeah, it's meant to um, keep time exactly. So, and I'm, I'm on that note, I'm curious if, I mean, there must have been some variation in the tempo of that style of music at that time, um, but it must have been pretty narrow in terms of what they were able to do realistically. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where that concept of, the, of what they called the screamer came in is like, it's a, it's, it's a speeding up of marching music that like no one could physically probably march to. But by speeding it up, they thought, oh, this is incre- this increases the in- excitement of it. Maybe um, it's like, if you try to march to this, going this fast, it's going to make you scream. That's why they're called screamers. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, yeah, no, I just thought that was interesting. Um, it's a little bit of yeah. little familiar tunes for our listeners um, on a song that I kind of like i've always I, i've always associated the song with the circus but i never really bothered to be like where did the song come from um i just assumed it was yeah invented by like ringling brothers or some shit uh but no it's invented by a a czech composer who really liked uh the roman empire and didn't <laughs> like clowns i i think that's my favorite fact of the episode that like the the military was like oh we can't use this anymore yeah it, it became so associated with the circus they're like you're making fools of us we need to stop playing this yeah like i just imagine like the like the military like in like world war one or something like trying to play it and then like a bunch of clowns just come out of nowhere <laughs> so so yeah that was uh that was a little familiar tunes for you guys a little short but sweet one um if you listeners are terrified of clowns, uh, let us know on our Facebook page at <laughs> facebook.com slash getyourfunk. And you can listen to us wherever you're listening to us right now. Probably Spotify. Uh, this is... Um, and on, Go ahead. 
uh, I was going to say on getyourfunk.com, you can look up any of the other 300 plus episodes we've done. Three hundred, um, Including, what's that? I said 333. Yeah, I kind of lost track. Um, but many, you know, a handful of those are familiar tunes. Um, other ones that you almost certainly know uh, what they sound like, but you may you not know where they came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so more things listeners yeah uh so yeah this has been your circus conductor kyle and this has been your gladiator peter thanks for listening listeners we love you if you didn't listen you wouldn't be listeners if you didn't listen you would be smart bye we love you (laughs)